Tonight, the topic is humility. Growing in the wise grace of humility. And there's, there's a particular reason why humility is hard to study in the book of Proverbs. Um, because it's, if you study poverty, if you study laziness, if you study work, if you study family, if you, some of those words are speech, if you study those things, they're dealt with uh, as standalone subjects in the book of Proverbs. I don't mean they're all contained in one place, but I mean wherever there's a reference to those topics, it's just talking about that topic. Humility isn't treated that way in the book of Proverbs. Um, just as pride isn't isolated and treated all by itself because the writer of Proverbs recognizes that pride isn't a standalone sin. It never is. Pride is a sin that clusters other sins around it. A a, a proud person might be defensive and irritable when his reputation is damaged. The root of it is pride, but when we look at the person, we might just say he has a bad temper. That type of thing is the way those sins get, get dealt with. So pride and humility. We're going to look at humility tonight. It's, it's dealt with in a way where other, other issues, other virtues are attached to it, like a cluster of grapes. So when it talks about humility, in the same proverb, it will frequently talk about wisdom. Because the proud person, in a very profound sense, can never be wise because he's not ever going to be humble enough to listen to what God says or what people say. This is perhaps the hardest thing for us to grasp about humility. The incredible tool that a humble heart is in the plan of God, in the eyes of God. Because we, we tend to look at humility like we would look at meekness. We tend to look at humility as, as more of a, an emptiness than a fullness. We have a hard time imagining humility as a way up rather than a way down, as a means of strength rather than having our rights trampled on. See, this is what happens to the humble person in this world. It's easy just to see the self-emptying of humility without seeing the Holy Spirit's gracious, fruit-producing power in a humble heart. In other words, it's easy to see just what we have to spend to be humble rather than seeing what God gives to the humble. And I'm hoping, by the time we're done with the way I wrap this up, I'm hoping that you'll see Humility is the greatest spiritual power that you can cultivate in your heart. Okay, point number one, this opening parable about humility. I'm going to read it, and I want you to think of where you've heard this before. Proverbs 25, 6 and 7. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great. For it is better to be told, come up here than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. Where did you hear that story? Jesus told it. Jesus told it. Almost the very same story. He tells it in Luke 14, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. 
I want to just look at it real quickly. Luke 14, 7 to 11. Now, now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor. Guests. A wedding party. A gathering. And he sees people wanting good seats. Saying to them, when you're invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor. So notice, notice in the middle of verse 7, chose the places of honor. He told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor. Verse 8, when you come invited to a wedding feast, do not sit in the place of honor. And so, and so life for all of us, this is what Jesus means when he tells this story. It presents these options. It presents choices. You, you always get situations where, if you want to, you can garner attention. It can happen in a church. A pastor can do it. A leader can do it. A talented musician can do it. A singer can do it. An usher can do it. Anybody can do it. Situations where you, you, you can put yourself in a position where, boy, isn't, aren't they doing a good job? Isn't that special? Don't do it. Don't choose the place of honor. He saw people choosing it, and he said, don't choose that. Lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come up and say to you, give your place to this person. That's always awkward, eh? You're sitting there, everybody's looking at you, and then someone comes up, well, I'm sorry, you didn't realize this is for the wedding party. You're going to have to get up and move. And 700 people see you schlunk off, and you go back and find some corner table. Give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up. No, no, don't sit there. Over here. You should be sitting over here. Come over here. And then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. And you can't help but noticing in that 11th verse, there's, there's the choice, exalts himself, humbles himself. And then there are external forces that come into play. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. It's not his choice. He will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself, that's his choice, will be, not his choice. Someone else will exalt him. And so, don't choose the places of honor. There are options in life. He's not talking now about just a banquet. He's talking about how you live your life. There are options. You can choose to live life enjoying the applause of the grandstand. That's your choice, especially if you're gifted or in a place of prominence or visibility. 
You can do that. That's your choice. But that's the only part that's your choice. After that, you're going to be humbled. Or you can choose. You can choose to take the path of humility. You know what? I've been teaching that class at Cedarview for 21 years and nobody's ever thanked me. Good. Good. That's good for you. See, because if you choose that path of humility, you're going to be exalted. It's quite a story. It's quite a story. I think Jesus had those opening words from Proverbs in his mind. We know he was constantly in the scriptures that they possessed and the point of each is exactly the same. We, we don't have a good understanding of how our own personal advancement is to be achieved in God's kingdom. If we think we need self-advancement, we're going to find disaster for our lives. There won't be fruitfulness there. Grasping for recognition, grasping for thanks, grasping for prominence is ultimately self-destructive. It doesn't feel self-destructive. It feels self-fulfilling. We'll look at that in just a minute. But it's deceptive. You're not helping yourself when you push yourself to the front. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. So clearly, it's better to humble myself than to be humbled by someone else. It's believing that. That's why I said, remember at the beginning, humility clusters a number of other virtues around it. One of them was wisdom. We'll see it in a minute. Wisdom is often linked with humility. Here's another one. It always takes faith to be humble. It takes faith to be humble because we, we all, we all appreciate immediate payback for what we do, immediate recognition. And it takes an incredible amount of faith to trust, you know what, I, I, I can live without that right now because I know ultimately God exalts the humble. God exalts the humble. Because the process may not fulfill itself in a single moment, if I exalt myself, I will be humbled. If I humble myself, I will be exalted. And because it doesn't happen tonight, it requires a trust in God that his ways will work. I took too much time on that. Okay, point number two. Humility will lead to expansion of soul and exaltation. Pride is the road to ruin and diminishing status in the kingdom of God. Let me just show you how this is restated over and over in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 15.33. Do you have those references in your notes? You do, right? Let's read these three out loud. Read 15.33 with me. The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Next, Proverbs 16.18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Now, 29, 23. 
One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. Now, if you have those verses in front of you, pretend you're underlining with your finger. The important words are, 1533, humility comes before, circle before honor. 1618, pride goes before destruction, circle before. 2923, one's pride will bring, circle will bring him low. But he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. You, you must believe in this process before you see it take effect. That's the point. This is trust. This is faith. Before the honor comes, there has to be humility. When you're proud, I don't mean proud in the sense of standing up and saying, look at me, I am the greatest. Not many of us are proud like that. You know, mirror, mirror, on the wall. We're usually not that proud. Maybe some are. But not many. I just mean, I just mean the pride that craves appreciation, recognition, advancement. I'm entitled. I deserve this. Even if the words aren't said, the kind of heart, <clears throat> you don't always see destruction from that immediately. Pride comes before the destruction. The destruction follows the pride. Weeks, months, years, judgment day, but it will. It will. So in our opening parable from Proverbs 25, and then its restatement from Jesus, we see this unwritten law being fleshed out. He who humbles himself will be exalted. How damaging is pride? Unchecked pride. I'm going to give you an example now of what pride has done to our world, and I'm going to show you at the very end of this teaching what humility does. Let's think of the most universal application of the damage of pride. What comes after pride? Pride comes before destruction, the fall, right, depending on your translation, you're both right, yeah. Genesis 3, 1 to 5. Maybe you've heard of this story. The serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it. Okay, he didn't say that. He said not to eat. He didn't say he couldn't touch it. Lest you die. And the serpent said, You're not going to die. God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. You're going to be great. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, 
This is not Eve standing saying, look at me, I'm so special. Look at me, I'm so beautiful. Look at me, I'm so great. That's not what you have. This is just something appealing and there's more. You, you're special. Don't let anybody hold anything back because you deserve the best. It's a very subtle kind of pride. It's a kind of pride, by the way, that our world fully endorses. It's amazing how self-esteem has crept into the realm of pride very subtly. And so we all know what happened. This is the downward spiral followed by all who would evaluate themselves on their own terms rather than exercising humble trust in God. What God has said, what God will accomplish, what God will do. When pride takes the controls of life, there's nothing else before you but destruction. Pride doesn't go before anything else. It just goes before destruction. The destruction isn't immediate. It goes before the fall, before destruction. Point number three. The true exercise of humility always requires faith in the promises of God. And here's why. As I've said, the divine laws that we just studied, they don't manifest themselves immediately. This applies both to their being kept and their being ignored. In other, words, in other words, people who press to the front of the line in life do frequently get the best seats and seem to keep them. People who quietly and faithfully demonstrate a meek spirit do appear to be losers, do appear to be losers in the eyes of the world. See, this is precisely why the humble life requires too much strength for an arrogant person. The arrogant person doesn't possess the kind of trust in God's ways. He's too weak for that. He can't wait for the approval of his heavenly father. He has to be constantly self-applauding, applauding his own life. This is, this is just... Uh, healthy churches try and keep this principle of humility in all their activities. I don't, I don't know of many busier churches than Cedarview. It just doesn't matter when you come by the church. There's stuff going on here every day and every evening of the week. And there's hundreds of people involved in all sorts of things. But just the activity doesn't make this a healthy church. But activity done in humility. Activity makes a busy church Activity in humility makes a spiritual church. And there's all the difference in the world. Humility makes room for another realm to work. Humility invites the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit finds humble hearts irresistible. The Holy Spirit finds humble hearts irresistible. That's why the Bible says he draws near to the humble in spirit. He, I want to be close to that person. Do you want to walk with God? We sing about it all the time, don't we? He's drawn to humble people. This is the way God loves to manifest his presence. This is why the Bible says he resists the proud. 
If I do great things in God's kingdom and pursue my own glory at the same time, I'm robbing God of the glory that is his alone. And that's why the Bible says he resists the proud. Even the talented proud. Even the gifted proud. For God exalts the humble. What does the Lord God require of thee? And you get all these virtues and at the end, and walk humbly before your God. Here's the things that God will do for the humble. I'm just going to go through them really fast. A, he will bring a prosperous, happy, and enriched life to the humble. Proverbs 22.4, the reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Because the humble person will fear the Lord, he will honor the Lord with all of his goals, all of his aspirations, all of his possessions. So naturally, as he seeks God and God's kingdom first, not self, humble, putting God first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Jesus said, all these things will be added unto you. That's humility. B, humility will bring growth in the walk of wisdom. Proverbs eleven twelve. When pride comes... Then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. The proud person, I said earlier, will never be a wise person because he is not humble enough to, to listen to divine wisdom. God only speaks to humble people. God only reveals himself to humble people. Wisdom can never be integrated into a proud person because like the fool... Like the fool in Proverbs, the proud person can't imagine himself either wrong or in need of help. That's what pride does. This is the chief reason, Psalm 51, God looks for people with broken and contrite hearts. C, a humble person will experience God's guidance in all his ways. If I were to ask you Proverbs 3, 5, and 6... Almost everyone in the room could quote, probably in the old King James, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean out unto your own understandings, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Period. Praise God. Wonderful verses. And they are. If I said Proverbs 3, 7, and 8, not many could quote them. But you can't understand 5 and 6 without understanding 7 and 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. The last two verses describe how we learn to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. How do you learn to trust in the Lord with all your heart? Seven, do not be wise in your own eyes. Humility. Humility. What does God do? He'll start putting your feet like a pathway, light it up. I don't know of any people that don't want to say, I just want, I just want God to, just to, I just want God to lead me all through life. Is that not a wonderful blessing? I just, want, I just want God, whether you're here and you're 15 or whether you're here and you're 88, for however many days 
By the way, the next series I'm going to do in January, I've already decided. I know I say it all the time, but this time I'm, I'm serious. Is going to be the call of God, how to bring glory into the rest of your life. You want God to guide you, make straight paths for you, put your feet in a safe place to know you're in his will. Don't be wise in your own eye. Humble. Humility. Humility. D. The humble person will live a properly ordered and protected life. Proverbs 25, 27, 28. It is not good to eat much honey, nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory. A man without self-control. Now it's talking about someone who, who, who seeks his own glory, who just can't help desiring to be seen as special, appreciated, recognized, a, a good seat where people will notice me. The person who lives like that, this text is saying, that person's out of control. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. That illustration about honey is a, is a great one. Just picture the sweetest things you experience. And for the proud man, the sweetest thing is the unfettered ability to have people see and recognize. But something begins to happen over time. Do you like honey on toast? Like if you have a really nice piece of bread, I don't mean that lousy stuff you buy in a plastic bag, but if you ever go to some place and buy really good bread and it's perfectly toasted and you have really good honey and you put it on there and you just want to say, Jesus, you can take me home now. But if I came up to you and said, plunk, 2.5 liters of honey, and you finish that right now. And as you get into it, do you know how it is when, after a little while, you think, if I never, ever, ever see this again, it's just too much of something that sweet, it's sickening. And, and that's, that's the idea here with that, that verse about, about honey. It's not good to eat much honey, nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory. Something begins to happen over time. Just as too much sweetness can begin to turn your stomach, the thrill of pride, it kind of spins out of control. What seemed like freedom starts to get like a prison you just have to have recognition. You just have to have honor. People have to be thanking you. People have to be patting you on the back. We crave more and more the need, the applause of the grandstand, and there's just nothing worse for the proud person than eventually getting sick of yourself. Too much of self, like too much honey. It can't be endured. The example and means, point number five, toward humility. 
before I read it. So here we are. We're talking about the danger of pride. Pride goes before destruction or the fall. Humility goes before honor. So whether you're a proud person or a humble person, you don't immediately see the fruit of that virtue in your heart. It comes later. All of which means it's hard for us to believe what the Bible says about it because we don't have much evidence of it. We have to just take God's word for it. Um, The proud people, you know, the Donald Trumps of this world, they just sort of sparkle and shine. And the humble people, well, they just, they really don't get their share of life's glory. And so here you are, Pastor Don, you're giving us this stuff from the Bible, but you know what, I know where I work, it doesn't work this way. I know in the office it doesn't work this way. Hollywood doesn't work this way. Is this, how, do, how can I bank on this? So, in terms of what pride has done, I read the text from Genesis 3. What pride has done is destroy all of creation and everyone in it. That's what pride did. Does humility have that kind of capacity to to be exalted? Does the fruit of humility have that much potency that it's actually greater than pride. Well, what are we going to do with this whole fallen creation, all messed up through pride? Pride comes before the fall, and the greatest fall that has ever taken place, you and I still live with the results of it, it came from pride. That's where it came from. I want to show you now what humility is going to do. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. How much can we do from selfish ambition? Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself. Humility goes before what? Honor? Who emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, if we have been redeemed and creation will one day be fully restored through the humility of Jesus Christ, 
What God has done is said, I'm not asking you to take my word for the power of humility. Okay? Whether you work on the pastoral staff, whether you serve in the nursery, whether you serve in Christian ed, whether you have a role to play in whatever ministry and whatever aspect of God's kingdom, I'm not asking you just to randomly believe that if you humble yourself, I can lift you up and exalt you. Because I have given the greatest demonstration of that in the history of the universe, in the person of God the Son, Jesus Christ. This is our Father's way of saying, you ought to know this works. You can trust me with your humble heart. I will draw near to you, and in due time, I will lift you up. Fight pride like you would fight Ebola. Keep it out of your heart. Humbly reach out to others with the mind of Jesus Christ. And the effects of humility now in the body of Christ and throughout all eternity will be proof that God can be trusted and that his word is true. Let's pray.